Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hello, everyone. What's up? This is Amy, and we are here on a special Seller Roundtable extra session with my friend Alex from Payability. Welcome, Alex. Oh, thanks for having us, Amy. I'm happy to be here. That's awesome. You know, I, uh, I've heard about payability. I have a couple of clients that use your service. And so today we just wanted to have a little fireside chat about, um, about money. <laughs> so, you know, cash flow is a thing, right? It's a problem. The first time you have to make a really big order or in the beginning when you first get on Amazon and they're taking so much money out of your account. And, you know, that's one of the big things like people think, when they get on Amazon, they think they're going to get all of their money. Like they're, you know, I sell 500 units this one month and Amazon's just going to pay me all those profits, right? Wrong. <laughs> so we're going to get into that today. We're going to talk about how can you manage your cash flow better. I'm going to pull all of the stuff out of Alex's brain and so that we can deliver it to you guys maximum value. And we're going to learn a little bit about what payability does and why they do it. So speaking of which, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do at payability? Yeah, uh, my pleasure. Um, <clears throat> so Alex Sklar, I'm the head of business development and strategic partnerships at payability. Um, what, what, I, what I spend the majority of my time doing is connecting with other industry partners, uh, the marketplaces, and everyone involved in the e-commerce ecosystem to essentially help power, you know, provide more liquidity to their marketplaces by providing more liquidity to their customers with the end goal of increasing the GMV of the marketplaces and the eco ecosystem partners by increasing the GMV of, the, of our customers and their customers. And um, I've been in FinTech for about seven, eight years now. I was in public accounting before then. And I grew up in small business. My, my, my whole life has been small business. So I came over to Payability uh, a little over a year ago really to take everything I knew about financial technology, take everything I knew about small business and help, you know, essentially create more liquidity in the e-commerce ecosystem. And now more than ever, it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly uh, necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, you know, I've run into cash flow problems at various times throughout my business. Um, you know, in the beginning when I was just ordering a hundred units of something or 200 units, you know, that was okay. I still had a full-time job and I was able to kind of move some cash flow around. Um, but it, as, as I grew, I had to learn different ways to leverage debt, to leverage the cash you have coming in. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a really important thing. So let's just start with um, some of the things that Payability does. Like, what do you guys mainly focus on for um, e-commerce uh, entrepreneurs, what are your main services that people love uh, to use? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. So our, our mission of payability is genuinely to help small businesses. And we break that down by focusing on e-commerce businesses. And the first way we thought we could help them is the thing that all companies need, which is essentially cash. And so we break this down into, you know, there's marketplace sellers, and then there are those who sell on their own website. So we'll start with marketplace sellers and we'll use Amazon because they're the biggest marketplace out there. Amazon itself will drive a tremendous amount of demand to your, to your store. And the big, one of the biggest uh, pain points for, you know, sellers is keeping up with that demand. 
in the form of staying in stock. Because one of the biggest pain points are, you know, you've, you've done everything, you've, you've won the buy box, like you've got everything going on, but now you're out of stock and we can all empathize with a customer's reaction, especially if it was a timely purchase. They wanted something for this weekend and they went and ordered it and now you're out of stock and they're upset. So someone who would have never written you a review is now going to write you a review saying, I didn't get the order, like it was late, it was out of stock and I didn't get it. That immediately impacts your seller rankings and you might lose the buy box as a result of it. It, it like triggers all these things on the back end of Amazon because at the end of the day, Amazon is always gonna be focused on the demand side, not the supply side. But whether we're talking about the A to Z guarantee, everything that we saw going on with COVID-19, everything they do is designed for demand side to make sure that it's still the largest marketplace, they still have customers coming. So what happens is they have 2 million third-party sellers. They can't create you know, <laughs> you know, 2 million different rules, so they create blanket rules and people get stuck in them. Long story short, all these things are happening programmatically in the background and running out of stock and bad reviews are the quickest way to have your store affected on Amazon. So a lot of times what was happening, Amazon pays you every two weeks for most people. If you've been on the platform for a long time, you might be getting paid every day. There are all sorts of things, unavailable balances, rolling balances. A lot of times you never know how much you're gonna get paid and you're still waiting two weeks for it. That two weeks can easily become 19 days, 21 days, you know, and, and it, it can spiral if, if you, especially if you're newer and you don't, really don't know how the systems work. But essentially what we've done, listening to the market and hearing the pain points is we've turned that net 14 into net one. And the way we do that is through our product, Instant Access which was our, our, our real flagship and first main product in the ecosystem. And there what we're doing is, you've already made the sale. You're waiting to get paid. We accelerate that payout. And we do it by uh, basically paying you up to 90% of today's sales available tomorrow. And then when Amazon releases the full amount down the road, we give you that remaining amount minus a small fee. And the reason that we can't you know, advance 100% of today's sales are chargebacks and returns essentially. It would get a little crazy if we if we advance 100% of sales and you had 5% chargebacks, you would now technically owe us money back and we'd have to roll it into the next payment and it would just create an accounting nightmare. So what we do is we start with an amount based on the, your account health and we call that what it usually starts around 80%. And our goal is to learn, you know, through all our systems and our, you know, algorithms and underwriting to learn your business and that way we can keep increasing that amount. Our goal is always to provide as much capital as we can as cheaply as we can. But a lot of times we can't do that the first time we meet someone, it takes a little bit of account history for us to get familiar. So that's instant access. It's designed for those selling on marketplaces. It's not just Amazon, it's Walmart, Newegg, Top Hatter, any marketplace that is paying on delayed terms, we wanna work together and make that so you get paid tomorrow so you can constantly reinvest in your business and grow. Okay, so for those that didn't catch that or maybe need a breakdown of what that might look like if yeah. you're a new seller on Amazon. What happens is you send your inventory in, right? And, um, and what Alex was talking about in most cases, he was talking about like losing the buy box and stuff like that. That doesn't generally happen to most of our listeners because most of our listeners are private label sellers. So they're just out of stock, right? Where most of what you're talking about is the larger like, wholesale people who are yep. selling wholesale on Amazon, people who are um, 
who are doing retail arbitrage and might have like exactly. a million different SKUs. But either way, cash flow is important, you know. And so for us private label sellers, what most people don't realize is number one, you aren't going to. So if you sold 100 units that month and you're supposed to get paid every two weeks, Amazon, especially if you're a new seller, just like Alex mentioned, they got to have some account history, right? If you're a new seller, sometimes they'll hold on to over 50% of your balance. Yeah. I've been on Amazon since 2007 and I should be getting daily payouts and I'm not. But the bottom line is they, um, I think there was like a loophole or something. Like I was in Hawaii and I had stopped selling for a couple of years. So I like missed that during that, um, during that time frame. But anyway, um, the problem that happens is let's say you need to order new inventory. You need that $5,000 that Amazon says is your a balance, but your available balance might be $2,000. So what Alex and Payability are doing is they're going, all right, we're going to give you 90% of that $5,000 that Amazon owes you. We're going to look at your account. We know that Amazon owes you that money. We know that that money is good. We know that money is in the bank, basically. Um, but, you know, we're going to pay you that upfront and we're going to charge you a little fee, just like if you used a credit card or something like that, right? Where you'd pay some kind of interest or some kind of fee and that's how payability stays in business. Right. But, um, but that way you have access to your $5,000 right now. And then you can go and you can make an order for more inventory and you don't have to run out of stock because that's another big scary thing um, for private label sellers is to run out of stock because Absolutely. then they lose their rank and they have to start all over. And it's very, very frustrating and scary. So if you can get, if you're not waiting on that money and I don't know how many times somebody has come to me on a coaching call and be like, I'm waiting on this money, you know, or they don't realize that Amazon is not going to pay them upfront you know, all of the money that they're owed. Um, and again, if you ask Amazon why you have an unavailable balance, they will tell you, well, we don't know if that, if that um, depends on how long your account has been, mm -hmm. in, you know, depends on how long that product has been selling. They don't know if suddenly there's going to be a problem after all those units went out. Maybe, maybe you're selling shelves and all of them are broken and it gets to the customer and it ends up having to be recalled and, and shut down. Well, Amazon's going to hold on to that money because you know they want to make sure and then after time over time after that product's been selling for a little while and they, you know they know your return rate and everything's good then you're going to get a bigger percentage but you will never get 90 percent no. you'll be lucky and, uh, if you get 60. um so that's that's the thing so that's what is helpful to use services like payability so that you can get access to that money earlier than and i'm sure other other sales channels like eBay and, um, and Newegg and some of the other ones that you mentioned do very similar things. Well, and, and just a couple points on, on what you brought up. So one with the unavailable balance, I think one of the, the best days in all our customers' experience is that first day when, they, when we make all of their unavailable balance available to them up to like 90%. And they start to realize how much Amazon was actually holding back. And it's like, it's, it's a sticker shock in the best way. And they go, you know, like, it's like, it's like a real like, whoa moment of like, wow, that was all sitting there. Like, and you just put it in my bank account. And, um, you know, I think one of the other things you said too, you mentioned eBay where eBay is so interesting is typically everyone was getting paid from PayPal on eBay and they were all getting paid 
And the, the, the special relationship between eBay and PayPal had it so people were actually getting paid the fastest you could ever get paid. Like eBay, uh, PayPal was almost fronting the money to you before it even actually processed and hit, hit accounts. And so eBay's moving over to managed payments. And there's a lot of chatter about it and a lot of discussion. It will be down the road better for all eBay sellers because there's going to be more, there's going to be more payment options for the end customer. But the pain point is they're now going to get paid anywhere from three to seven days and they've been getting paid every day. So we're actually, we've custom, we've customized our product to work specifically with managed payments for eBay. Because again, anytime there's a marketplace that's paying on delayed terms, we want to get you paid. And that's what we're built to do. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's actually what led us into our, you know, our other product instant advance was we had, in, we had access out there, which is the daily payments. And, you know, I, so many customers came to us, you know, and especially the private uh, label folks, because not everyone starts out in private label. A lot of times the progression of Amazon is I start out doing some retail arbitrage and I'm learning the ropes and learning how Amazon works and learning the systems. Then I start to find SKUs that really work for me. I start to find better ways to source them. Maybe I'm buying some analytic tools that, or repricing and I'm, I'm starting to really understand it. Then I start to either scale up thousands of SKUs in retail arbitrage or I start to make connections in the industry and find wholesalers that'll essentially let me list their wholesale products for them or give me great deals. And as I start to grow, the next step is usually private, like, you know, getting into private label products. Maybe your wholesaler owns the product and they let you private label it. Maybe you start using different resources to find private label. Um, so what we find is like, you know, as people grow through that progression, we had so many customers that were retail arbitrage that were looking to get into private label or they were going to a wholesaler and buying a huge lot at discount. And they basically said, you know, the daily cash flow is great for me. I'm able to keep in stock. But like a couple of times a year, I need a really big lump sum of capital to be able to buy at discounts or gear up for Q4. Can, can you help us with that? And that's where we said, yeah, I think we can. Um, so that's when we rolled out instant advance, which is essentially it's a lump sum of capital. And it's not a loan because we're not a lender. It's essentially a future purchase of receivables. And the way that works is on instant access, we're the daily payment product. Those are sales you've already made. And we're basically getting you paid faster. With instant advance, we're essentially projecting what we think your future sales will be and then advancing it to you. So we basically will look at your account, see how you're growing and then say, you know, I think you're gonna do this much in sales next month. I'm gonna give that to you up front. And then you're going to pay it back to us over the next three to six months. And, you know, the three to six months, I think sometimes gets misinterpreted because people go, oh my God, that's such a short period of time, but it's designed to be short purposely. If I'm going to buy inventory or I'm going to spend money on marketing and that's a revenue generating use, and I'm going to put that money to work immediately and I'm going to purchase that inventory. Maybe it takes a couple of weeks. Maybe it takes a couple of months. I'm going to get that inventory and I'm immediately start selling it. I don't want to pay for that over five years or over two years. I want to be able to use the money, put it to work, sell the products, and then get more money and get more money and, and basically turn it into a cycle. And if, and if you know your metrics well, and you know your margins, that's where I always kind of start with everyone. You don't really sell finance, you explain finance. And if it works for your business model, then we should work together. And if you understand your margins and you can essentially leverage my capital to create more opportunity, you're going to want to keep doing that over and over and over again until you hit equilibrium where additional capital doesn't create additional opportunity. And I think just genuinely in, in the world, it's not even just a, a USA problem. 
there's been such little education on, on finance and how it works because all the education we get is always from the marketing. Amex is telling you how a credit card works. Visa is telling you how a credit card works. Bank of America is telling you how a mortgage works. And really what we always want to think about on the highest level, and I could give examples for this too, but we just want to think about what's the cost of capital to create the new opportunity? Do my margins work? We're spending $2,000 in cost of capital can create $50,000 in new opportunity. Does that work for my margins? Everyone starts to go down APRs and all these things when truthfully, those were all designed because people couldn't conceptualize 30 year mortgages because it's really hard to think that far in the future. And people couldn't conceptualize how a revolving balance on a credit card works. And that's really where, you know, the government came in and said, we need one apples to apples rate so we can compare these two things. And now we have thousands of different types of financial products and we're all forcing them back into this comparison that's not applicable when it just comes down to how much opportunity can you create and what are you willing to pay to create the new opportunity and does it make sense for you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely empathize with that. Um, when I first started my business, I, in private label, you know, I was doing other things before then, but I invented a product and I needed capital. I needed like $40,000 for a mold. And that mold cost did not include the money that I needed to set up a website and a brand presence of some sort. And, you know, I knew I could launch all these things on Amazon. Like that's fairly easy, but I also didn't just want to launch one product. I wanted to have a few complementary products for my brand. So I needed to source those. I had to figure out how to advertise. I spent some money on advertising in the beginning because, and so many people do, you know, and I'll never forget the financial education I got. First of all, you know, we love Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's great. It's a great book to read. The Cash Flow Quadrant is a great book to read to really think about how do you leverage debt? How do you look at, you know, how do you make sure every dollar is working for you? You know, all of those kinds of things. But here I was in this situation where I was like, oh my gosh, I can maybe borrow from my 401k. I can maybe just, you know, take some of my savings. I don't know, but I just, I need this money, right? To make this work. And I was scared, but I went, I'll never forget. I went to this training. Um, it had Damon John's name on it. Of course he wasn't there, but you know, his team was was there supposedly his team whatever you know either way it was helpful to me because yeah. that's where they kind of lit a fire under me and said you know i was a dave ramsey girl no debt i was paying cash for my cars i was you know everything like that i had no debt except for my mortgage and so i was really afraid to enter into any kind of debt in my business and i went to this weekend of training my husband and i did by damon john and we learned that if we look at our money differently, if we look at, if we look at money differently, that it doesn't have to be ours, <laughs> we can use other people's money and we can use that. And what the biggest thing about using other people's money and using a loan or an advance or anything like that is you need to make sure that you're making smart decisions with that money, right? Exactly. You don't want to next time you go to order inventory, you don't want to have to always be borrowing. The goal right. is to get out from under that debt, right? So you take on that debt to get your inventory or whatever it is, 
But the goal should always be, oh, well, I'm going to have that paid off in no time. And then all that positive cash flow that's coming my way is mine. <laughs> and I'm going to get to turn that money over again and again in order, you know, and that's why like in my mastermind group, we talk about like, what profit do you have left over? How many more units can you buy? And are you setting that money aside to buy them? And if not, if you have to take advances in the beginning, that's okay. But if you are getting at the end of your sales and you're actually in debt, then that was not a good purchase decision. We want to make sure that you have more than enough money left over after you get that advance to more than pay for whatever funding fees you had to pay for. So I entered into this program where I was able to take on a lot of credit. I had really good credit. So I was able to take on a bunch of credit at 0% interest, but I had to pay $3,000 for the funding fee. And then, oh, by the way, that wasn't free money, right? You know, the credit cards gave me these advances and I was able to put them in my business bank account as cash, but eventually that 0% would turn into 24%. You know, so I had to take every single credit line. I was able to get like $160,000 in 0% interest funding. Um, but I had to take every single one of those credit lines and put them on a spreadsheet and make sure that I paid them off in time, make sure that every single dollar was accounted for. And I knew that I was going to be able to flip that dollar into more dollars to pay down this debt. And so that I could more than pay for my funding fees. So that I could more than pay for the cost of my molds, you know, um, off the sales of my products. So the bottom line is now I've paid off all of that and I have better credit than even when I started. And now I know how to leverage debt to make smart, decisions in purchasing inventory and in flipping inventory, stuff like that. Um, but there may come a day when I need to reach out and I, I might not have enough credit in my line where I need to reach out to payability and say, Hey, you guys, I've already proved that I can flip this hundred thousand dollars several times. And I've done that well, but now I need to order a full container of, you know, or a couple of containers yep. of this product. Can you help me out? And at that time, I'm going to have that experience behind me. I'm going to know that, yes, that's a good, that's a good purchase decision because these products are already selling. So my piece of advice to anyone, and I think Alex did a really good job of explaining this, like, you know, it's, it's, it's never, it's never free money, right? But it's, it's about you making the decisions and really thinking through, okay, how much profit am I going to realize? How much is advertising going to cost me? Am I going to be able to put enough back in my pocket to pay my loan back and have money left over so that I'm not deeper in debt the next time I need to flip this inventory? Yeah. And, and it's so interesting. You brought up so many interesting points. So, um, you know, first I would start with the Dave Ramsey point, you know, and I, I think that whole school of thought is great for you, the individual, where it doesn't translate is you, the business owner. Because as an individual, we're not looking to, you know, we shouldn't be looking to buy a house just so we can sell it for three times more down the road. And we shouldn't be looking, you know, when you buy a car, it's a depreciating asset the second you buy it. And if you buy a boat, forget about it. I mean, it's depreciated before it even hits the water. And I think when we're living in our regular lives and we listen to advice um, like, like Dave Ramsey and like, you know, uh, Susie Orman and, and like a lot of these great teachers out there, they're trying to make sure that you can keep your budget so you can have a retirement. And so you can send your kids to school. And so you can't afford groceries and all these other things. That is completely different than trying to scale your business. When we're trying to scale our business, we're looking for every opportunity we can. We want to 
you know, we don't want to hammer our vendors, but we want to constantly, as we build relationships, renegotiate with our vendors, try to squeeze a little margin here, squeeze a little margin there. When we're selling, we never want to price gouge, but if I can squeeze a little margin up because I have so much demand, then we want to take those opportunities. And it's really all about scaling your business. And, you know, at Payability, we work with companies as small as 2,000 a month in sales to we have customers that are doing 10 million a month in sales, but they all have two things in common. One, they're selling online, and two, they're looking to grow their business. I think we've all, like, you know, whether it's at events or stuff, we meet the, you know, pickers, and I love pickers. And for them, it's a hobby. The hunt, finding the, the products at an estate sale, finding things at the garage sale, that's what they're really looking to do. So in that case, it, it probably doesn't make sense to leverage finance to increase your business because you're not really looking to grow the business. But when you are looking to grow your business, capital has to come from somewhere. And a lot of places it comes from usually is credit cards because that's the first place you can start with capital. And, um, you know, I, I think one, another interesting point too is, um, you know, when we look at things like a lot of people are starting to sell on their own websites too. They start on Amazon, then they go to Shopify or they start on Shopify, then they go to Amazon. But when we were talking about before how Amazon drives all this demand and you have to keep up with the demand. Now, when you have your own website, it's the complete opposite. You have to create demand. No one even knows you exist until you start spending some marketing dollars, whether it's yeah. Facebook ads, Google ads, Pinterest, Snapchat, you name it. And I think that's something that especially people making the transition from brick and mortar retail into e-commerce, which we're seeing a ton of right now. Mm. It's one of the biggest parts they forget. You're a pizzeria on the corner and I'm in New York. So I have a pizzeria on every corner. I can walk by your restaurant. I can smell your food. Maybe I grab a takeout menu as I walk by. Maybe you're sponsoring the little league team down the road. Maybe you're part of the chamber of commerce. There's all these physical things that allow me to see you in real life. When you're online, if you don't tell people you're out there, you literally don't exist. So right off the bat, you're starting with a marketing expense and you still have to have the inventory to keep up with it. And what I usually tell people is when they have figured out that marketing mix, and you were talking before about, you know, like learning how to, how to market the product, you know, there's some companies that are amazing at it. And, you know, some companies are learning it, but what we always want to look at is what's your return on advertising spend, your ROAS. Because if you show me, and just to give a, a, a quick example, if you had a 3X ROAS, which a lot of companies I talk to have on Google Ads, it means for every dollar you put out, you're going to get $3 back. So in a, just a simple example, if I were to give you $25,000 and I give you a call at 10% flat rate, and you might say, oh, 10% sounds high, but, you know, 10% flat rate means you're going to pay $2,500 on that $25,000. Now, if you have that 3X ROAS, you can take that $25,000, you can turn it into $75,000. You give us back the $25,000, you're left with fifty. dollars You take away the cost of capital of $2,500, you're left with $47,500. Now, that's the equation. Is $2,500 in cost worth $47,500 in new opportunity? And I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer that for yourself when you look at your margins and you understand it. But that's where we have to always reframe when we're talking about business capital, because we're not the only ones out there too. There are other companies that can provide capital. The question is, how does this capital work? Does the duration match up with my use? Do they know my business? That's why it's one of the main reasons we exist is not every company can go to Bank of America and say, hey, I have this great idea. I still make all my money selling online and I need like, you know, $500,000. Unfortunately, and I think COVID-19, if we have to find any positives out of it, will help this, is traditional banks still thought selling online was a fad. 
It's something that's, you know, going to come and go. It's, you know, and now we're starting to see that it is probably the strongest lifeblood of the economy right now. So I do think over time, you'll start to see more traditional lenders want to work with e-commerce businesses. And they'll probably do it through partnerships with companies like Payability and with companies like PayPal and stuff like that as they get their, their feet wet. But traditionally, you know, e-commerce business, a, a home-based sole prop e-commerce business, you know, like going to get a bank loan, it's tough. They're going to give you the individual loan, but in their minds, you almost don't even have a business. And that's another pain point that we solved because, I mean, there's a lot of businesses out there. And I mean, I know, you know. Yeah, I, I think that is that was so scary for me when I first got started. Um, you know, I was going to the Small Business Association and I was asking about getting a loan and they really needed a lot of history, a lot of, you know, I was like, I just opened my bank account. Like, you know, I, I don't know, what can I do? And that's what we're talking about, like credit cards and stuff like that. But it's, it's not just easy to get an SBA loan. Like there's a quite a large process that you have to go through. So. You know, I love what you said about if that $2,500 that you spent to get that $25,000, you know, after you pay that $25,000 back, whatever you got left over from that money, that was an opportunity for you. And that $2,500 was a small price to pay, you know, so it's, it's, it's cool to think about, to think about that. Now I do have a question for you, Alex, a large sure. portion of our listeners and, um, and the following um, for Amazing at Home as well as um, Seller Roundtable is um, not in the US. They're not mm -hmm. US-based sellers. They're based all over the world. I mean, I've got folks from Canada. I've got folks from um, South America, huge amount of people from Australia, um, yeah. Europe, the UK, Germany, all over the place. What, I mean, it's, it's harder for them because they don't have, most of them did not start out on the, you know, wholesale or retail arbitrage kind of routes um, because they didn't necessarily have that opportunity. And, right. um, and so they are just as in need of capital as sometimes our folks in the U.S. So do you guys have any programs for folks that are overseas? And if so, how does that work? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and I think um, that is the case and it's growing. You know, I think especially, um, especially if you think about some of the emerging countries, uh, like, you know, emerging markets, there's so much opportunity for them. They're sourcing cheaper, especially in like, and even in the worlds like Etsy and things like that, like, you know, specialty crafts and stuff like that. So I think international expansion is going to be growing and growing and growing. And so what we do for them is on our instant access product, that's the daily payment product, we'll work with anyone anywhere in the world, providing they're not on an OFAC list, meaning it's a country that, you know, banking transactions can't work with. And, um, you know, it's not a terribly long list. And when we see the countries on them, I think none of us are too shocked. But it's mainly the countries on a list that banks can't send money back and forth to. Um, so if, as long as you're not on an OFAC list and you're selling on Amazon.com or Walmart.com, we need you to be selling on a U.S based marketplace. But other than that, you can be anywhere in the world. Um, we also work with a great partner, OFX, who does uh, Forex uh, currency exchange services for us. So you can actually get your money in your home currency, you know, as well as if you're in the US and you had virtual assistance or you wanted to pay vendors overseas. Uh, we have that functionality through our partner. But we provide the daily payment program to everyone in the world, as long as you're not on the OFAC list. 
And then when it comes to the lump sum of capital product, the instant advance, right now that's restricted to US uh, businesses and Canadian businesses, but there's caveats there. If you are you know, residing legally in the US and you have a US LLC, like you know, a Delaware LLC or something, you can be a foreign national and still take advantage of the capital. Um, we do have some people overseas. We can make exceptions for them if their company isn't risky for us. And there we, you know, they may need to start a US LLC and start a US bank account. They're usually pretty easy hoops to jump through. And it's just, it's kind of like a sign of good faith of, you know, like I'm willing to do this to work with you. Um, the goal to go fully international is definitely in our roadmap. It's a huge opportunity. Uh, we're still debating, you know, which way does that happen first? Is it people all over the world selling on US marketplaces for instant advance? Or is it us cracking open the other marketplaces around the world? And we're in conversations on both ends. It's something we really wanna get done uh, as, we, as we get closer into 2021. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear that, especially, you know, the folks that are overseas, I think that that instant access will be really good for them. Um, it just in terms of being able to turn their inventory faster and, and get access to that capital. Um, so let's just talk about fees real quick. You for your instant access program, that's where you're able to get uh, paid every day, if you would mm -hmm. like, um, up to 90% of whatever sales you made the day before. And the only reason you can't get 100% is because we're making sure that we don't owe you money at the end of it. Right. <laughs> um, and so for that one, what kind of fees am I looking at paying um, if I want to get paid every day? So I think for the, the largest customers, the fees can go as low as, um, it's usually around 0.4%. Uh, and then, uh, you know, our, our blanket marketing, our, our blanket rate that everyone would see online is 2%. But depending on the size of your business and, you know, uh, different risk metrics, it can be as low as 0.4%. Uh, and the way to think about the fee, too, I think this is important, is it's a flat fee. It's going to be that same fee, whether it's $100 or $100 million. The fee doesn't change. And the way I like to break down the fee, because it is simple interest and we don't want to get into... APRs that were designed for multi-year products is we know our our list of costs on Amazon are extensive. And we have our COGS, we have our FBA costs, we have chargebacks, we have returns, we have gift wrapping, we have gift wrapping returns, we have yada, 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 yada. If I were to stick one line item in there that said get paid tomorrow for 2%, would that make sense for your model? I think when people start trying to compound it and, and extrapolate and say, well, I'm paying 2%, but you're only advancing me money for 14 days. And it's like, Think about it as if it was a software fee in your expenses. I'm gonna pay this fee like like the merchant service fee. I'm gonna pay this fee every day, you know, on, on those sales. Does that make sense for our margin? And you know, the thousands and thousands of customers we have think it does. And for the ones that it doesn't, then you know, we'd want to talk about it, make sure you're you're understanding it right. And again, back to what I was saying before, you don't sell financing, you explain it. If it doesn't make sense for your business model, you know. I'd love to know why, so maybe we can fix something or like maybe build a new product. But that's our fees for the instant access. Um, for instant so can advance. We break, can yeah. we break that down for the people that sure. suck at math um, like me? <laughs> no. um, can we just get a, give a practical example? Yeah. So let's say that I made $1,000 in sales yesterday, right? $1,000 in sales. So 90% of that would be $900, right? That I would be allowed to be paid out by you guys. And you'd charge me 
a 2% up to a 4% fee, but let's say I'm at the 2%. Let's say I'm one of the no, 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 no. So the 4% was 0.4%. So that's right. on the low end, 2% on the high end. So that, so let's say that I'm one of the lucky ones. And, and okay, on $1,000, are you calculating it on the $1,000 or are you calculating it on the, the 900? Uh, we're, we're calculating it on the gross. So on that thousand dollars, if you were paying the the high end of the fee, two percent, you would pay twenty dollars to have nine hundred dollars put in your bank account. Well, no, you'd pay twenty dollars to have eight hundred eighty dollars put in your bank account. Okay, so you take the fee out right away, and yeah. um, and so I don't have to worry about paying that later. It's not going to keep. It's just immediate. So I would, so I'd get that $880 and that would be based on $1,000 in sales. Um, so mm -hmm. would anyone, and so it depends on your rate too. If I was at the, if I was at the 0.04%, um, how much would that cost me? So that would be four, that would be $4 to get $896. $4. <laughs> <laughs> I can't buy so, anything for four dollars. <laughs> and so, and and that's where the seller card comes in too, which is really interesting. So, if you remember what I was saying about the payability seller card, there for every dollar you spend there, we'll give you two percent cash back. No, no, so no. That's we, I didn't. We didn't even talk about the seller card yet, Alex. Oh, I thought we did. Seller card. <laughs> no, we talked about instant access and instant advance, but we didn't talk about yeah. The seller, so, what's um, the seller card? <laughs> oh, I thought I, I thought we had. I'm sorry. So once we make money available to you, we have to give it to you somehow. So there we have our, our dashboard that you can log into and you can wire it to your bank account. You can do a same-day ACH up to $100,000, or you can do an instant transfer, or you can opt into our um, payability seller card, which is a Visa corporate debit card. It works exactly like a Visa debit card works anywhere. Uh, the only thing is you can't go to an ATM machine with it because it's um, the type of Visa debit card it is. But if you use that card for every dollar you spend, we'll give you 2% cash back if you spend it on the card. So what a lot of our customers do is they use the card to spend almost everything on, and that way they're mitigating their fee and getting back. So and, basically, yeah. it's kind of like a PayPal card where if my balance in my payability account is $800, right? And that I have that card and I can go around town and use that card or it's like a credit card. So I could even use yep, it. put it on file somewhere. Yep. I could pay my, I use a service called plastique to pay my yep. uh, vendors in China with my credit cards. So I could even use that payability card, that card number. And then I would get 2% cash back on that money that I spend on that card that would go back to my payability account. So I could potentially even make more money than you guys charged me. So if I was at the 0.04%, right? Yeah, exactly right. And exactly so right. You'd I be netting positive. $4. And then I go take that $800 that I got from you guys and I go pay my vendor to get more inventory. And then you guys pay me back 2% on my $896, right? Okay, tell, mm -hmm. How much money are you going to pay me on that? That's like what, 20 bucks, something like that? Yeah, it's but, about $18. So you would have paid hey, four to make 18. And, and, you know, so I would be net positive $12. <laughs> but um, I, I get what you're saying. If that's a yeah. $10,000 payment, 
you know, it starts to make sense. If we're, if we're constantly using that to turn our inventory exactly. over and all of that, then that makes sense to do. So And so, and so people ask, well, yeah, I was going to say, people, people ask, why would we, why would we be willing to do that? And it comes back to something we talked about earlier, the use of funds. We want to encourage everybody to use their funds in ways that actually benefit their business. And so we're hoping that by, you know, incentivizing you to use it for certain things, it'll grow your business. And we've actually taken it one step fo uh, further with Shopify sellers, where we know that, you know, going back to how they're spending so much money on advertising, for those who have a Shopify store, we'll do a 5% cash back on the card if you spend it on Facebook ad spend, because we know that's one of the best ways to drive traffic to your store. And we're constantly working on different ways that we can use that card to incentivize you to do things we know will help you grow your business, but also give you real reasons to do it. Got it, that's cool. Okay, so, and then we covered the instant advance. So can we talk a little bit about I'm understanding the fees for the instant access. I get it. We got to be smart with our money. We need to make smart decisions. What about the instant advance? Can we go over the fees for that? If I ask yep. you for, um, let's see, my last order, I think was 20, about $22,000 for a container load full. So what, what do I got to do to get that kind of money from you? $22,000. So, so it, so we do a weekly rate. And you only ever pay for the money that's out ex uh, that's out um, outstanding. So we usually set it at a duration of about 20 weeks, and the rate is between 0.5% per week and 1.5% per week. So we'll use the middle line there of 1% to make it nice and easy. And we usually project it's going to take about 20 weeks to pay it back. We've had customers pay back in four weeks, eight weeks. So let's start with the example of 20 weeks at 1%, so that'd be 20%. If you paid it back in 10 weeks, we would give you 10% back, it would be 10%. So likewise, if it, you started at 0.5% in that same scenario, you would only be paying, you know, at 20 weeks, it would be 10%, and then if you paid it off in half the time, it would only be 5%. So in your example of 22,000, we're gonna set you at a 20-week duration at 1%. So 0 0.01 times 20 is, point, is 20% times 22,000, the cost of capital would be $4,400 on that. Okay, so. But I'm if you paid it back. If I can yeah, pay it back then, quicker. Exactly. If I can pay and, it back in 10 weeks. So I usually order that, that's about eh, three months of inventory, right? So um, if, if I can pay that back in 12 weeks, then the cost of that capital would be what? So if you could pay that back in 12 weeks. 12%, right? If we're looking at yep. the 1%. Yep, so you'd be paying that back in 12 weeks. So you'd be looking at $2,640. $2,600 to borrow that $22,000. Yep. Um, and so now what? how does that work in terms of, you mentioned that it basically like you utilize the money in my Amazon account to pay that back. So can I choose in my dashboard, can I choose like, okay, you know, um, I only want to pay back this much at this time and I need this much from that Amazon account because I could imagine, you know, if I have other inventory and I could even pay it faster, then that would be great. You know, um, then, Hey, I, I pay almost nothing. Like if I could pay it back, 
you know, in a couple of weeks because I have other inventory. Great. But how does that work in terms of choosing what to pay back? How often you pay it back? Can you get some of your money from Amazon? You know, how does that work? Yeah. So, so the way it works is we basically, you know, we're in the flow of funds a lot of times or we're debiting from the bank account. And what we do is we agree on what's called a specified percentage. That's the percentage of your daily sales that we're going to take for repayment. And typically it was a flat rate of 25% of your daily sales towards repayment, but we've actually been able to make that more flexible. So now you can have more choices because what we're always trying to do is create more flexibility, create more options and create more choices. So there, I think it's now you can, I think you can choose between 10 and 25% and we're still building a lot of this functionality in, but I know there are more options than just 25% because we want to be able to help people. So if you tell us 25% is too much, then we want to adjust it. You can always wire money back to us or pay us back earlier. So if you've got the money and you got the sales and you said, I don't want to keep paying this off. I want to pay it back and get my rebate. Um, you can always, you can always pay it off faster to get the rebate. But to another point you said about when you're getting your inventory, one thing that we're creating right now, it's kind of in a beta, we're testing it. And there's like two points here. So one, we're working on creating like a grace period. We've heard feedback from our customers. Look, I'm buying goods overseas. It might take, you know, might take three or four months just to even get it. I don't want to pay this back before I receive the goods and I can put the goods to work. So there we're trying to say, we're calling it, you know, we have a couple different names for the product internally. We're still playing with it. But essentially, can we give you a grace period? And can we say, we're not going to start charging you until you actually receive the products. That way we're always in line with, you know, you receive the product. Now you're putting it to work. Now you can start paying it back. So we've been doing that in a beta with some customers as we build out a full functionality so everybody can have it. And then another one we're doing is what we call inventory line. So, and we're going to play around with some names. You guys are getting all the internal names now. Well, we'll see what the official name is when we, when we put it out in the market. But we've, we've been uh, onboarding a bunch of customers on this in beta too. Here, I approve you for an amount, let's say $100,000. And you take $22,000 for this inventory purchase. And it's got its own duration. You can pay it off faster. And then you take $5,000 for this marketing spend. And take $8,000 for that over there. And to cr try to create as much of a true line of credit feel as we can, with still giving you all the benefits of our accelerated rebate program, paying it back, it being cheaper. And we're trying to basically combine all these things because we've heard from the market, all the different types of things you're asking me. We're basically making sure that we have all these in the product. I love that you guys are taking feedback from your sellers. I would agree. You know, usually uh, it takes 30 sometimes 45 days before you can even get your product live, especially if you're ordering it from China. I know like air shipments, those are held up in customs sometimes for 90 days right now or yeah. longer. Um, so, you know, of course we couldn't have anticipated that, but even sea shipping, you know, can take 30 to 45 days to actually get the product active and get it going and really ramp up your launch where you're actually going to start making some money from that product. Um, so I appreciate that because, you know, right there is six weeks into the process and taking up to 25% of somebody's current sales when they don't even have that product yet, that makes sense. So I love that you have all of those options. I love that you're willing to work with the customer. You know, they can reach out to you with these concerns and, um, and make sure that they understand that's the biggest thing I would tell anyone who's taking money on, um, look at the customer service of that provider that's providing you that capital 
Um, I know when I took on all those credit cards, when I first got started with this 0% interest program, that funding fee that I paid, it was like a $3,000 funding fee, but that came along with counseling. And man, did I use it because I didn't know how to take on all these lines of credit and manage them. I had to learn how to do that. And so that I wasn't putting my business in danger. So, you know, that's, that was a big thing. And so I, I love you guys take advantage of payability. If you're considering using some of their programs, take advantage of their customer service, their willingness to reach out and explain things to you. You know, Alex didn't hide anything here. I just asked him to do simple math with me <laughs> to give me all these examples. And so hopefully that has helped you guys um, kind of maybe consider the program, but I'm sure if you have any questions at all, you can reach out to these guys anytime. Yep. They're great. I mean, they're on, they're, you guys are at all the conferences. You're, you know, you definitely are very responsive to email, to any questions that we have. So, you know, I would encourage you guys if, um, if this would be helpful for your business um, to, you know, reach out to Payability, check out what they got going on. You know, I'm going to provide a link right down um, in the comments, right down in the, in the post here. Um, and yeah, otherwise, you know, head on over to their website, give them a call, ask questions, do all of that. The whole point of today's show was to talk about cash flow, to empower you guys to hopefully know what's out there and to be able to reach out and, and try out some of these services if they're right for you. Thank you, Alex, for being here with us today. Thank you for answering all my impossible questions. <laughs> and, um, and thanks for enlightening us on some of the stuff that Payability has going on. Oh, it was, it was absolutely my pleasure. And uh, thank you for having us. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.